Welcome back to Walk Together Fiercely. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to release this episode and share this wisdom with you. We have invited a very special guest on. She is passionate about soil health, human happiness, and food sovereignty. Not only is she a garden guru, nature lover, and wise teacher, she is also a naturopathic doctor. Dr. Shannon Morgenstern has a private medical practice in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. She has spoken on multiple stages with community groups, CrossFit teams, and national associations on topics related to gut health and digestion, environmental medicine for healthcare professionals, and stress management. She also has a monthly membership that I am a part of called Food as Medicine, where she shares knowledge on gardening, preserving, foraging, and helping make healthy food delicious. She is passionate about educating people and moving them from simply surviving to optimally thriving. You can find more of her on Instagram, and you can find us on Instagram at Walk Together Fiercely. While you're listening to this, please pause, take a moment to subscribe, give us a five-star review, and leave a glowing comment. Share our episodes on Instagram and tag us. Text or email the episodes you love to your friends and family. We really appreciate your support and you being here with us. I hope that you love this episode as much as we loved recording it. Please welcome Dr. Shannon Morgenstern and join us as we walk together fiercely through our connection with food and our earth. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Tara. I'm really excited to be here today. We have a guest. This is my friend, colleague, fellow naturopathic doctor, and garden guru. We have Shannon Morgenstern with us. Welcome, Shannon. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) We're really excited to have you. It's the kind of excitement that you get in the springtime when you start to see your little plants pop out of the ground. There's like this giddy hopefulness. That's how I'm feeling about this episode. (laughs) That bodes really well because I feel like that's my favorite feeling in the world. So that makes me happy to hear you say that. (laughs) That's amazing. So you and I, we went to school together. You were a few years ahead of me, but we actually grew closer this last year because you've started an amazing garden club. Um, Yes. It's so cool. Can you please tell us about that? Yeah. So basically I was in practice. Um, I'm here in Calgary, have my own little practice going and was just finding such a huge disconnect between really getting patients feeling better and then sending them out into the world and being like, okay, like do your thing, live your life, be happy and free and healthy. And, and, you know, it, it was a struggle to kind of have them find that, that balance and that well-being and that connection that they really wanted for them. And so, you know, food has been such a huge part of my life ever since I was little and growing up. And, and I realized that there was such a huge missing piece for so many people that they had lost that connection with their food. And that, you know, there was so much really, I feel like is broken with our kind of society and the way that things are running right now, Never mind, you know, agriculture and big pharma and really band-aiding everything and fast food and um, sort of fast everything. And, And so I just, there was such a desire for me to share some of the things that I'd been doing as hobbies for years. And, and so I created this membership called Food is Medicine. And so it's really about teaching people how to grow their own food, how to preserve their own food, how to forage for some of their food, um, how to eat really delicious food. And, and the idea that I think that just because something's healthy doesn't mean it can't be delicious. And really, I think there's so much deliciousness that can be in healthy food. And so really trying to teach people about that again and, and encourage that they understand and know and get to be a part of where their food is coming from. Um, and then we also teach a little bit about kind of how to use some home remedies for medicine that whether you're growing it or foraging it or, or eating it and kind of everything that that encompasses. And so it was something that was in my heart and had been sort of sprouting, I guess is a good way to describe it, but it had been sprouting for a really long time. And I sort of was like, 2020 is ridiculous and crazy. And I feel like I want to spread some some love and excitement in the world and get people really excited because I think it's such an important topic. And so that's how the membership was born. Oh, as you speak, I like almost teared up. It's just, there's a resonation with my heart and your passion for that. That's powerful and incredible. 
I was going to ask that question. Like if you were always passionate about food, like since you were a little girl, did you see this connection? Totally. I grew up in Edmonton, so we were in the city, but I definitely had family who were traditional farmers. And so, you know, we got to hang out every summer and we were picking grass to feed the pigs and we were trying to collect chicken eggs and, you know, getting pecked by the the hens and, um, (laughs) you know, spending time around that was really magical. And then even in our in our yard in the city, we had a little garden in the backyard. And I just remember being so in love with the taste of fresh shelled peas in the summer and just thinking that was unbelievable and magical and and so much more special than you know eating food that was purchased at the store so it's definitely been I feel like in my blood and grew up with a a dad too who was all about fishing and hunting and camping and all those kinds of things and I think that was a really very eye-opening for a kid especially to be exposed to things like hunting but it was done in a way that made it feel really special and made me understand as a kid that with us choosing to eat meat that we wanted to do it in a way that had way more integrity to it and that we were thanking the animals and it wasn't just a sort of you know you blindly go about doing it but being involved in that I think is so important for people who are are choosing to consume animal products yeah it's sacred so sacred yeah that's beautiful I used to eat shelled peas out of my garden too it's one of my favorite memories oh man I love that story Shannon I had a Jack Russell growing up and we would shuck the peas right in the garden. I'd eat the peas and I'd huck the shells and he'd jump and be doing backflips and he'd be (laughs) eating the rest of it. It was like one of my best garden memories as a kid. Mm -hmm. So the quote that Michelle and I both wrote down off your website is if you don't have a profound connection to yourself, Mm -hmm. your environment and your food, you won't ever achieve optimal health. That's powerful. Yeah, and I just feel like I mentioned earlier in our kind of fast-moving, fast-paced world, you know, social media, society, we've got so much interaction, but I feel like we're really lacking a lot of the connection when it comes to things. And certainly I see that for patients that they're not connected with themselves, never mind their food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, it's it's such a, a key piece that I think we really need to get back to. And I think that we can, we can do it a little quicker and in a way that's more gentle for us, but I, you know, looking at everything that's happening, whether it's climate change or COVID or those kinds of things, I feel like the world is sort of giving us some hard nudges to get us back to having a system that's not as broken and not as band-aided as, as we've got right now. Mm-hmm. A sustainable system that we decentralize and we bring it back to our home gardens and our local farmers. And instead of shipping food across the whole world and eating it out of season, Mm -hmm. there's a reverence and a respect for where it came from and the soil that it came from. I think there's so much more magic too in really getting to know your farmers, right? So it's like you can go and see what they've been up to and you can go and hang out in the fields. And, you know, it's, it's not strawberries that you're eating in January that have been grown you know, whether it's like Chile or New Zealand or somewhere totally across the world where they've got strawberry season. Well, if they've had to been shipped and then, you know, land in the store, they're never going to be ripe. They're never tasty. They're always sort of like a, a white lame, on the inside. Yes. Yeah, they're white. Color. They're varieties that have been chosen because they're able to stay good through all that shipping process. And so they haven't been chosen as varieties that are delicious and really tasty and all those kinds of things. And so it's really reteaching people that, yeah, the strawberries in January that you get from the grocery store are going to be gross, but that doesn't mean you don't like strawberries. It just means you don't like strawberries from 10,000 kilometers away in the winter. Shannon, I want to ask you about one of the things that I have been reading and following, and that is a story actually that came from India, maybe a little bit different here, but it is essentially that we do not value our farmers and have the, you know, when you're speaking about get to know your farmer and know what they're doing and know what they're growing, we don't have that at all. And I think that one of the people that we should value the most in our society is those that grow our food. Yeah, I think that's so, so key. And I think it's so important because we've really been sold this sort of like false bill of goods that when we go to the grocery store, we can buy a loaf of bread for like a dollar, right? Which is mm-hmm. ridiculous when you actually think about what went into that loaf of bread, right? Yeah. Somebody had to get those seeds, they had to plant the seeds, they had to grow the seeds. You know, if they were doing regular farming, they were applying different 
pesticides or herbicides or fungicides. They're, you know, waiting for it to grow. They're harvesting it. They're collecting it. And that's just the the one ingredient, right? That's then being Mm -hmm. shipped to market and then has to be combined with other ingredients and then made into bread and then shipped to the supermarket. So the idea of the low, like, how could that be $1, right? I don't know. So it's sort of just this, like, Farmers have just been, I feel so terrible for farmers, especially sort of the small family farmers, the farmers like, you know, my aunt and uncle who are are literally the only ones who are still farming in my family. And they're trying so hard, but just to be able to keep up with these crazy corporations that are buying up just ridiculous amounts of land and really mechanizing things in a way that wasn't meant to be and having monocrops and ignoring crop rotation and, and good soil health and all those kinds of things is, you know, we're, we're beginning to see it. It's disastrous for the system as a whole. It's disastrous Absolutely. for nature. It's disastrous for the farmers. It's disastrous for our health. It's not good for anything. And I, my heart goes out to farmers so much because they really, and, and you know, this is huge in India too, and, and mm-hmm. sort of what they've been protesting, but They've really been kind of tricked into believing they're like, okay, we're going to give you these these new fancy seeds. You know, maybe they're genetically modified seeds so they can resist being sprayed with Roundup. So they're Roundup ready. And so you plant them and then you can spray the Roundup and the crops won't die from the Roundup. Well, there's definitely huge concerns with what Roundup is doing in our bodies. But then, you know, they're like, well, yep, we'll buy your wheat from you, but we're only going to buy it at this number. And the farmer's like, yeah, but like I spent all this time and money and have equipment that's worth a million dollars and and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, sorry, like try your best to have harvests that work better next year. Right. And so Mm, they're, they're sort of really getting taken advantage of by sort of these middlemen and these big companies that are forcing these farmers to really work to the bone and, Mm -hmm. and, really have little to show for it. And, you know, their farmers are finding that their their land is so infertile and the soil is not being grown. It's just being depleted. And so they're having to add more and more and more fertilizers to try to keep things going. And never mind the conditions that the farmers are now seeing with climate change and droughts and, you know, the severe weather like we had in January and February. And mm-hmm. uh, it, life life is not easy for farmers. And I think that we all need to be more aware of where our food comes from and, and why mm-hmm. a loaf of bread at the store shouldn't be a dollar. Yes. Yeah. And that's how it affects all of us is when we're thinking of these foods that we're eating that have been grown in not even soil, just dirt, like depleted of everything. And it's then you dust. eat these foods like they're, they're so nutrient depleted that you need to eat so much more of it to get what you used yeah. to get nutrient wise in something that was grown in really healthy, robust soil, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming and really depressing. Um, But Mm -hmm. this is actually something that I've started to look at. I've actually got a free movie club. So it's sort of like book club, but every month we watch a new movie and then we discuss it. And so um, this last month, for example, or today, actually, we're doing one called Sacred Cow. And it's all about looking at regenerative agriculture and sort of is there a way that we can still continue to eat meat in a way that's healthy and happy for the animals and healthy and happy for us and healthy and happy for the world. We've done fantastic fungi. Like there's just some really incredible movies and there's so much out there, I think. And as much as it can be really depressing and overwhelming when you start looking at these issues, I feel like there's also so many people like us at sort of this grassroots level that are really excited and keen and and just inspired to get started with things. And so I do feel very hopeful about everything. That is so good to hear, Shannon. Yeah, I think there's there's just so much magic to it. And I think that we have to, right? Never mind for us, we want to be healthy and happy and feel really good. But, you know, for for leaving the earth for our kids and what future generations look like. And I think all that is so important. And so as much as we can kind of bring those things back, you know, it's it's not I feel like people sort of laugh and you're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm in my membership. I'm teaching about canning. People laugh and they're like, how old are you? Like, that was what my grandma was doing. <laughs> it's you know awesome. I mean? We've like we screwed up. We like went too far and things yeah. have become too big and too mechanized and and too much not focused on health and happiness, truly health and happiness. Um, and so I feel like we got to backpedal a little bit. And, you know, I, I would really love for for everybody, whether they've got a tiny little apartment with no balcony or somebody who's got a huge acreage, but I really want people to get back into gardening and learning where their food comes from and connecting with their farmers. Even if that just means that, you know, you're, you're growing a basil plant on your windowsill. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to mean that you've got, you know, 10 acres of farm that you're farming and, and growing, but I think it's so important, especially at that individual level, but 
also in schools too. Like I really want kids to learn about all this stuff. I think it's really important that we continue that you know, picking the peas in the garden as kids and knowing where carrots come from and knowing how different things grow and being able to taste and understand that freshness and how delicious things are. And I think that we're, we're missing a lot of that right now. And it's, it's, Mm -hmm. we're seeing the effects of that in practice every day. I'm sure you're seeing that too, Tara. Yes. And oh, as you speak, I feel like our hearts are just dancing alongside each other in a meadow. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like these are the (laughs) things that are so passionate about. I think that we've chosen convenience over health that we would rather go and buy a can of tomatoes and make some quick food instead of do the canning and I feel so drawn to do the canning and this last year I did and this winter when I get to open a can of my own tomatoes to make my food I'm like the sun ripened these in my own backyard or from a local farm wherever I've gotten them from but I think we got so busy chasing success, chasing whatever we've been distracted and chasing that we're not prioritizing what we're putting in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So we go for the convenience, we get the fast stuff and we do, we need to backpedal, go back to the basics a little bit. And I feel so passionate about kids in the school system. I'm like, I want to send my kids to a school where they grow their own food. They use that food to feed themselves at the lunchtime. They compost the food. They see how, then they see the cycle of it, like teach them this. So this is a skill that we can all walk forward with. Yeah. I just feel like that it's so key and so exciting. And there is a lot of work to do. And I think that's the hard part is that, again, especially I feel like our generation, you know, like I grew up eating Dunkaroos and fruit by the foots and (laughs) Lunchables and just all this garbage, like convenience food. And I think that's sort of the, the other thing that we've been tricked into believing that that healthy food is really time consuming and exhausting. And certainly like when you're canning and gardening and all that kind of stuff, you do have to put some energy into it. But the really nice part is that it can be a really fantastically fun and rewarding hobby. Mm-hmm. So it really starts to not feel like work. So, you know, for us, like I did a lot of canning this last year and making spaghetti sauce and things like that. So you can still have that quick convenience. So it's like, oh, like, what are we going to have for dinner? Like, oh, we haven't thought anything out. Like, what are we going to do? It's like, let's just boil up some spaghetti. And then we literally pour our sauce out that we, you know, made with our garden fresh Roma tomatoes. Mm. And it's a delicious meal that's super quick. So I also want to fight that stigma that that doing stuff at home in a super healthy and delicious way takes forever because it doesn't have to. There's yeah. definitely workarounds. Yeah. Well, the energy that you put into it in the fall and the time you invested, you get that back when you open that can and you have that convenience of that sauce. So it does pay itself and then it pays itself in spades in your health, right? Your happiness, your connection to that food. Hugely. And then you know exactly what got put on that food. You're not worried about what chemical inputs, whether it's pesticides Mm. or herbicides or those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. I really think there's a lot of magic too. And I think this isn't talked about enough that there are really interesting studies looking at how plants communicate and the idea that plants respond to different stimuli. And I I honestly feel a little bit guilty even like picking and eating my plants because they're living beings, right? Like I feel like (laughs) they've got little spirits and they're, they're growing and they're doing their thing. And so I also spend a lot of time sort of talking to my garden plants and when they're growing and they're little seedlings, I tell them I love them and they're so cute and they're doing so good. And I tap their little leaves and, And I just think that's such a a magical, really important and necessary part of things too. There's so much more, I think, that we're not paying attention to in the the plant and sort of spiritual world when it comes to that kind of stuff that I think that that connection really needs to be brought back as well. Yes, the energetics of it, that it's like it's grown with love. It's grown with respect and gratitude. And you're putting that love into a jar it's, it is magic. And Michelle mm-hmm. and I actually just last week recorded a witch episode and we a did. kitchen witch is one of them. Like yeah. it's magic in the kitchen. It's love. It's knowing that your culinary herbs are antimicrobial. So you cook those up. Like yeah. there's something so sacred and beautiful about it all. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to really witness the full sort of process of life in a little plant, right? You start out with a little tiny seed and you give it the nutrients it needs and it sprouts. And I just feel like, oh my gosh, like you said at the beginning, just sprouting and watching little things grow is just, it's just so it's, it's rewarding. So it's rewarding. It's, yeah. it's, it's magic. So rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I told my dad, that's where I've been garden inspired. He had a garden and 
I loved being in it, and I actually came to his house to record this because <laughs> there's no kids, so it's really quiet here. And I asked him, I said, we're interviewing my friend and a garden guru. Any questions for her? And his question was, how much does gardening have to do with trust? And he says, putting that little seed in, he said, I was so in awe my, every time almost. You throw a seed in, and you just trust that there is a full life in that seed, and it is incredible. Yeah, I think that's such a another wonderful thing to consider. The idea that really like, yes, the, the seed needs certain things. It needs light. It needs nutrients to grow. It needs, you know, the, the warm sunlight, good, good, healthy water. But really the plant can do that all by itself without any inputs from us. And mm-hmm. so it's almost like we're, we're forcing ourselves to be a part of that. We're like, hey, like, don't forget about me. Like I'm here and hanging out with you and trying to help you survive. But really... There's so much wonder in, in seeds that, you know, they, they're able to do that all by themselves, whether we're there or not. And um, I think, I think trust is, is a huge part of that. And certainly I've learned and seen that side of things being in Calgary. Like we have, I'm not sure how it compares to cantaloupes for you guys, but we have a really short growing season. And I'm always so jealous of all these like super fancy people who are in zone, like nine and it's like oh my gosh like <laughs> last it wasn't last year but the year before our last frost date was june 10th oh which is like, like how do you like cope with that right and yeah. so i mean certainly we had planted things out by then but it's just like the the struggles the struggles are there and the struggles are real and and i also as much as everything with gardening and food and all that is so magical it's also very it is that real part of things, right? That not everything goes right in nature and things will fail and you'll have mm-hmm. issues with weather and you'll have issues with insects or diseases or things like that. And I think it's it really brings the whole process to light when you're that much more involved with it to be like, oh yeah, like we had a terrible season for this this year because things just didn't work out with the weather. And I feel like that's also such a good lesson and a good reminder that Mother Nature is so powerful and, and that we're, we're a little bit at its mercy, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Shannon, I love that. Do you think that more and more people are kind of getting on board with this? Is that, you know, as you've been doing this and sharing your passion and creating this garden club, Food is Medicine, are you finding that more and more people are interested and that you've got more people that are beginning that maybe haven't done this before? Yes, hugely. And that's so exciting (gasps) to me. And really interestingly, actually, the last spring, so spring of 2020, when COVID hit, people freaked out. Right. You know, it wasn't just buying up toilet paper, it was buying up (laughs) seeds and like garden stuff. So people were like, holy smokes, I had no idea what kind of impact crazy global things could have on food production on my ability to get things from the grocery store, on literally my abilities to survive. And so I definitely feel like there's a lot of, you know, potential past ancestral trauma or, you know, other yeah. things that need to be healed with that. And I, I'm the first to say that I know for sure, whether it's like past life stuff or ancestor things, there, there are some deep-seated things in me, I think, that have this really deep desire to be able to take care of myself and my family and to be able to grow my own food and not sort of depend on others for that process. Mm-hmm. But there were literally multiple seed companies that were just out of stock of seeds last yeah. year because everybody was so excited and wanting to get, I don't know, honestly, if it, it was... It might even be fear of scarcity, right? Totally. Yeah. Not so much excitement, but that fear of things. And so, yeah. but I think if there's lessons that can be learned from COVID and sort of crazy stuff going on or everything that was happening in the States and Texas that we're seeing now with all the bad weather there, it's that... There, there are some really exciting hobbies that can transform our health and also keep us well-fed and safe and, and be more self-sufficient and sustainable. Oh my God, yes, I, I love, love that and so I, much. I love how you say that each year is a learning year too. Like every year you do your garden, there's new learnings and some years the pests come in and you don't get as much abundance of a certain crop. And then the next year you might, it really gives you that gratitude of when something is so lush and produces all this food it's just it hits you with a lot of gratitude so much gratitude yeah it's like I feel like gardening is definitely one of those things I don't have kids yet but I can imagine it's sort of like kids but you you know you you have this big issue come up and then the next time the issue comes up you're like okay I've sorted this out like I figured this out so you know one year we had real problems with flea beetles and so flea beetles are these tiny tiny little beetles that jump 
as you can imagine, called flea beetles, but they chew holes in everything. They love bok choy. They love all the, that kind of family. They like cabbage. They like um, Swiss chard, those kinds of things. And, and I love greens so much and feel like everybody's plates should be like half greens every day. So we grow a lot of them. And so we figured out, we're like, okay, we're, we got to sort the flea beetles out. And so last year we figured out the flea beetles, but then we we're having issues with like some other thing. Right. And mm. so it's, Sort of just this never-ending learning process of you sort one thing out and you're like, okay, I got that. I figured it out. And you're like, oh, come on. Like it just keeps coming. But I think it, it's really important that we keep learning and progressing and growing and, and stretching and sort of spreading our wings. And, and I think there's so much learning that I feel like sort of as adults, a lot of people can get stuck in their day-to-day. They go to work, they come home, they eat dinner, they watch TV, they go to bed, and that's sort of it, and that's their lives. And mm-hmm. I, I think that needs to change. It's disappointing. We're seeing the health effects of, of what that does to people and their bodies and their happiness and their lack of joy and those kinds of things. And I think being able to find these pathways of, again, not only hobbies, but things that can be self-sustaining and, and feed and nourish our bodies is so important. Shannon, this is a absolutely beautiful point that you make. And I'm curious, what is your evening routine when you come home from work and you make dinner? What do you do in your evening? So I've really been very privileged and super lucky in that with us being naturopathic doctors, I've really been able to schedule my life the way that feels really safe and comforting and supportive mm-hmm. for me. And so I actually practice and do most of my visits via telemedicine and did before COVID. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to be at home for a couple of years now um, without nice. having to go anywhere during the day. So that's definitely been really magical, especially with having a garden, you know? So if I've yeah. got patients in the day and you know I've got a little gap I can pop out for lunch and literally pick the lettuce that I'm going to eat in five minutes to have my salad for lunch or you know spend time in the yard and I love going through to kind of hang out with the plants but it's also a really good time not only to see them and check on how they're doing, but be like, oh shoot, like, okay, you've got aphids, like we got to sort you out or like, oh no, the flea beetles got in here. Like, oh shoot, we're having trouble with slugs here. Oh wow, (laughs) like you don't have enough water, you need to be watered. And so I definitely spend a lot of time outside um, during sort of warmer weather. It's definitely a hobby, but it definitely fills me with so much energy and joy and just such connection. And I think that I would love for more people to be able to do that. And again, if you don't have the option to do that, even if it's just having little little herbs in your house or you grow a little lettuce bowl or something like that, or if you're really passionate about it and you live in a, in a little apartment where you don't have space or you have a yard where it's not an option, we found ways around that. So there's community <laughs> gardens. Mm-hmm. We literally in our neighborhood have two different neighbors that we garden in their gardens in their backyard. <laughs> I love cool. that. Yeah. So we responded to an ad on Kijiji one year. And then last year, somebody had actually posted an ad on Kijiji that we responded to. There are so many garden spaces in our neighborhoods that are going unused. And so if you have a passion and you have a desire, there's a hundred percent a way that you can be gardening, even if it isn't an option in your exact house. I love, love that. You know, I love When you're speaking, it reminds me of this quote by William Shakespeare, and it just is resonating that this is how you're living your life. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Yeah. I love that your passion is gardening and that you're spreading that joy, that knowledge, that love. Oh, I wrote down a question. Yes. Please describe the feeling of walking outside barefoot in the spring, kneeling down and sinking your hands into the warm soil. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm, I'm not terribly good at being descriptive for things, but honestly, the first thing that always comes to my mind as I'm walking outside and can feel my feet on the ground. And I promise you, it's sort of embarrassing, but I'm going to admit this on the podcast, (laughs) but my feet are like dirty and black all summer long because I refuse to wear shoes outside in our yard and so it's just like despite scrubbing they're constantly dirty and black and and just you know I, <laughs> it's just yeah it's just so wonderful and I feel like I am also you have to be a little bit careful about this one but I am the kind of gardener who doesn't like wearing gloves 
and me you know, tries to no. avoid using tools and things like that. And I feel like sometimes my partner, Brendan, looks at me and he's like, just use a shovel. I'm like, no, like I'm happy to dig with my fingers and like <laughs> open little spaces for things with that. And there's something so connecting about it. And the really cool part is that a lot of these overwhelming sense of, you know, joy and wonderment and excitement and inspiration that, that we're feeling, there's studies that they're doing now that are actually showing the, the reason that we're feeling so good with this. So whether, you know, whether it's the, the phyton sides that are being released by trees in our area that we're breathing in that's helping to regulate our blood pressure and lower our stress hormones, or it's the microbes that we're exposed to um, in the soil, you know, there's so much more to it, I think, than we can even begin to realize. And so that's really the cool part too, is that we're reaping so many more benefits and then we even realize just enjoying walking out in the dew. And I certainly always think about with being out and um, walking in the grass, going back to a, a teacher that we had at Boucher, his name was Braven Rain and he was yeah. super old school naturopathic doctor. He definitely made our class do hydrotherapy with cold showers, which I felt <laughs> like was so challenging. And we had to like, we had to do it with somebody else, like sort of there, like watching. So I think we wore bathing suits or something, but like you couldn't fake it. Right. Um, oh, no. But there's just, yeah, there's just something so grounding about being out in nature yeah. and being really in connection with nature, you know, to, to remove those layers of gloves or socks or shoes or those kinds of things. And and really just feel what the earth is is feeling and, and providing. I love that. I guess, yeah, I was a few years behind you in school, so we got the same assignment from him, except we got to do it alone. <laughs> oh, you did? Good for you yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah, so that was a little, I got to do that in the comfort of my own home. I totally agree with you, though. We don't even know. I feel like it's an iceberg. We can see the tip, but that's all we see. Like, we don't know when we yoink that carrot out and the dirt puffs and we breathe it in, like we can't even fathom the interconnectedness, I think of all of it. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, there's probably, I mean, there is probably money in it. I'm sure somebody could monetize and certainly we're seeing things like soil-based probiotics and all that kind of stuff. But you know, what's better than soil-based probiotics is like, Hmm going and pulling out a carrot and like wiping it on your pants and eating it like yeah. that, that's the end of things and <laughs> you know I, I think that we're so and COVID has not helped anything but we're so over sterilized and so yeah. worried about dirt and of mm-hmm. course of course it's reasonable to worry about infectious diseases and things that are dangerous and that kind of stuff but I think our, our fear of being dirty or letting kids play in the mud mm. and you know getting mud in their mouths and mm-hmm. all that there's you know it's way more important than we realize. No, it's oh, medicine. Yeah, absolutely. My John's always said that, Tara. He's always said Oh, that's amazing. A little bit yeah, dirt I'm, is really I'm good out for there you. Barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out there barefoot, the same thing. And the only thing I worry about is there's a lot of neighborhood cats that like to come and visit mine through the window. So I'm like, no cat poos, please. No cat poos. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, there's such medicine in it. And that's one thing that my husband Reese and I sometimes don't agree on I'll be traipsing through the front door in the back door up the stairs and he'll see my feet and he's like Tara like we just washed the floors I'm like I'm just bringing the natural biome inside like this is where we maritally differ this is the way I live (laughs) this is the way you live and we just have an agreement but in the summer I'm just barefoot and grubby quite a bit of the time (laughs) yeah us us with our little summer hobbit feet I feel like it just (laughs) it just is what it is it just yeah as I walk around like the side yard and I wear a path in the grass and it starts to get beaten down and I'm just like, it makes me so proud. I'm like, that is how many barefoot tracks I've walked back and forth. Back and forth. Amazing. It's like a little yeah. badge of honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. We have such a great farmer's market here in Kamloops, Shannon. It's just so amazing. And w- one of the things that I just wanted to say as we were chatting about farmers and valuing your farmers and stuff, I can seriously go down there with $40 in my pocket and carry my own bags in and carry out more than I can handle is like it's amazing and I have like fresh organic kale fresh Swiss char lettuces and you know carrots like everything beets like all of it and I can hardly carry it out and all I've spent is $40 like it's just such a little price to pay for such an amazing you know bounty an amazing bounty <laughs> exactly totally. oh, the I, berry season every time at the farmer's market mm-hmm. the berry season gets me yeah and I feel like the other thing that we 
super don't realize because we often don't have the comparison, but is how dead all of the produce is in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I remember last a little bit about we, that. Yeah. We, last summer we, we picked some things from one of our neighbor gardens and we had to grab something. I can't remember what it was. Like often it's, you know, whether we needed, maybe it was like rice noodles or like red Thai chili sauce or something like that. Something that we weren't growing, but we walked through the produce section after just picking this beautiful, what did it end up being? I think it was beets, these beautiful beets in our, in our neighbor's garden. We'd picked them, we'd gone into the store and then I looked at the beets that they had in the store and I was Uh, like, Oh my gosh, like uh so wilted and just like dehydrated and just like the saddest little produce ever. And not Uh only did that make me sad, of course, for the produce who had, worked so hard and to grow from his little seed and produce beautiful leaves and produce a nice big bulb of beet and all that stuff. But then also for the people eating it. And again, it's like, it's like, that's, that's not what food is supposed to be like or taste like. And, and so it's no wonder that people are like, eh, like, like healthy food tastes bad. And it's like, yeah, like healthy food you buy at the grocery store often does taste bad. I think that's why these farmers markets and you know, places where you can get like a, access to a CSA or like community supported agriculture where you're buying directly from the farmer. These, these things are so important and so key. And I also mm-hmm. think there's so many initiatives. I've seen it more in the States um, than I've heard of it in Canada, but we really need to get access to healthy, delicious locally grown food for all communities, right? I feel like there there's a lot of privilege that we have access to and that we can afford healthy organic farmers market food and those kinds of things. But I think if we can get healthy food for everybody and you know within mm. inner cities start these food gardens and and you know convert space that's just cement um you know parking yes. lots and things like that I, I just a society we would be so much better off if everybody was well fed and had access to fresh delicious local organic food gosh that yes. is just inspirational man and you... knowing what the food like if you say oh healthy food doesn't taste good like a grocery store tomato just like mm-hmm. ugh, to me like when you see the waxy, not even red, perfectly shaped tomato in air quotes, and then you go to your garden, like my favorite thing in the garden is running my hands down the leaves of the tomato plants. The leaves of a plant smell better than a grocery store <laughs> <Yeah>. tomato. <laughs> like It's just what we're doing to the food to make it look like food. And then no wonder people are tasting it and going like, Meh, it doesn't really taste like anything because it doesn't really taste like anything. Exactly. Because like I said, they've literally been bred specifically for storage and mm-hmm. for transport, not for taste and health. And so, you know, we're, we're missing out on so much of that stuff. And it's sort of sad too. I've literally had people where they would try a garden fresh carrot and be like, oh, wow. Like that's, I think that's like too flavorful for me. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's what a carrot is supposed to taste like. It's not the sort of like bland, waterless, crunchy thing that you get from the grocery store. You know, it's supposed to have a little bit of zest and a little bit of um, a little bit of spiciness to it at the end. And it just, yeah, it, it definitely makes me a little bit sad. But with the membership, it's, it's definitely meant that I can share some of that stuff that's so close to my heart and, and stuff that gets me so excited and inspired. So it's, it's really nice to be able to share that with other people. That's amazing. And I like how when you said closer to the start, you were talking about how it can feel so sad and it can almost feel hopeless. When we look around the world, we look at the state of it and I've spent time there for sure. And the more I start changing like this passionate feeling I have into action, I start looking around. I'm like, oh, there's so many people on the ground doing the same stuff, which makes me feel really, really hopeful. And actually one of my action steps that's on a to-do list for me is I want to write a letter to the manager of our local grocery store to consider moving the organic to the front of the produce section. So it's the first thing you see when you come into the grocery store. It's not the last. So you don't grow all of the GMO sprayed stuff first. Then you hit the organic stuff and then are like, oh, I already have this stuff in my cart. You get to the organic first and then you have a section also that's local. Like why does my grocery store not have farm things when there's three farms within a couple kilometers of it? Yes. Right? Like pulling that stuff, supporting local, supporting our very local farmers within our local grocery stores. And I think that that's an action step that we can all do is start asking for that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's huge. As much as we can support farmers themselves, even if you can, you know, take that next extra step and be like, oh, like, that's really interesting. I see that my local grocery store is getting produce from this farm and I know exactly where that farm is. And then you're like, huh, like, I'm going to go talk to that farmer and see what's up. Because if you can, if you can give all that money and pay the same price to the farmer, it's going to mean that we can keep these really fantastic small family farms open and, and have to depend less on sort of the gross corporate agriculture that our, our sad system has become. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, Michelle has some rapid fires. Do you want to do a couple do. rapid fire questions? Oh my gosh. Okay. We'll see how I do. Well, I just thought that we should just have some fun, Shannon. So I have a couple of rapid fire questions just to ask. And if you pass, you pass. It's all good. But uh, what is your favorite book that you've read recently? Oh my gosh. So I'm a super duper nerd. I feel like there's no time ever to read fiction books. It's always nonfiction. Yeah. Um, And so I can't think of the title, but one one that I'm going to say that's always a favorite is, is a Gabor Mate book called When the Body Says No. I feel like every woman especially should read it. Yes. Fantastic. We were just talking about Gabor Mate. Yeah. Fantastic. What is your favorite vegetable? Oh my gosh. I feel like I, I don't know if I can pick a specific, but I'll pick, I think greens in general. So just, we are okay. going really crazy. So this year we're growing amaranth greens, which is really ah. exciting. We're growing collard greens. We've got two different varieties of bok choy. We've got multiple varieties of kale and Swiss chard. So I think greens as a category is my favorite. Amazing. Awesome. And I love that because that there can almost be too many greens that we can't munch them all. I love that you dehydrate them and make them into your own greens powder. Yes, <laughs> totally. And then we freeze them too. And then often, especially during the winter, we'll pop the frozen stuff into soups because they never, they never kind of fry up as nicely as they do when they're fresh. So soups and adding them to things as greens powders is wonderful. Nice. That is my next question. What is your favorite super stew? Oh, we we actually, I just made this new one the other day and it was a, like a paleo, I think it was called like cheesy bacon cheeseburger soup, except that it's got no cheese in it, but it's, it's really just potatoes. And I'm really lucky because my partner hunts as well. And so we have access to really ethically sourced, really good quality meat. And then we put our greens in there and it was just, it was so wonderful to have sort of all these things that came out of our garden in soup. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Good for you. We need to ask, what is your favorite concert? Cause this is Tara and I are concert junkies. Uh, what's your favorite concert you've ever attended? There was a, a sort of combo concert that came to Calgary a few years ago called Chasing Summer. And it was it was really, really fun. So I feel like often a lot of the kids will do drugs and be super, have a lot of alcohol and those sorts of things. It was really fun to go to super sober. I think just the, the energy and the magic. And it, yeah, it was it was really fun and really exciting. And there ended up being crazy thunderstorms with hail. Oh, neat. It was it was quite a like, it was quite an adventure as well. Powerful. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. I love it. Well, then I don't know about my next question, because my next question is uh, wine or tequila? Oh, I don't, I don't actually drink. <laughs> so neither. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have like this incredible yeast sensitivity, I think. And so right. when I was younger and would drink, I would have to drink as fast as I could to get drunk so that I wouldn't feel how ill I was from drinking and then it would be oh. hungover for days. And so it's just definitely, definitely not worth it for me, but I'd say my favorite drink in general is probably our homemade rhubarb juice that we grow in the yard and then make at home. That Amazing. sounds fantastic. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, we actually pulled some rhubarb out of the freezer today. And so we're in the process of making another batch. So I'm really excited because I think we're also going to use it as a second fermentation for our homemade kombucha as well. Oh my gosh. Wow, so you got amazing. all the things going on. Uh, Shannon, what are you most excited about for this coming year? Oh my gosh. I feel like sometimes I get too excited by things. And so I'm really trying super hard to like keep my excitement contained. So like last year, sort of by accident, I ended up planting like 50 different tomato plants and we had like 65 different pepper plants and like we didn't have the space for that hence having to find the the third neighbor's yard that we used for things. So I think it's, it's really just trying to be a little bit more intentional and and keep things a little bit more reined in. And I'm just excited about all the new greens that we're growing this year. I I know that sounds super, probably naturopathic and nerdy, but I I just can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh, I get it. I love it. Skip a little happy beat. 
Oh, that yeah. folate. Ah, just so excited. Just, yeah. just getting high on that folate. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. This has just been so inspirational for me. I've absolutely loved the time to speak to you. And uh, I'm more excited. We're getting garden boxes for the first time this year, Shannon. Amazing. I know. I'm really excited. Yeah. So now you know where to go to join the garden club. I'm going to be joining the garden club. Can you tell where to reach you and where to find you all your... Yeah, so the best place to find me would be on Instagram. It's just Dr. Shannon Morgenstern. Kind of everything that I I do, I talk about on Instagram. So you can go through and look at all the projects and things that I've done. And the Food as Medicine membership only opens a handful of times per year. So the next time we'll open probably be uh, like late May, early June-ish. So definitely watch out. And if you're interested in joining us for the free movie club, I host it once a month. But all the information is in my Instagram for that as well amazing fantastic this has been so oh it's snowy here so we're in Kamloops British Columbia Canada not very much snow Michelle's gonna have more at her house but Calgary how's that looking uh we we got snow at Christmas and often with Calgary we'll have these lovely little Chinooks where things will warm up and the snow will melt but we've literally had snow for like you know six or eight weeks now and we've just finally come out of the cold snap and so mm-hmm. things are things are looking up and we're getting some seeds planted probably a little bit earlier than we should but I just nobody can tell me to wait so I hear you okay well thank you so much for joining us this has been such a treat yeah. you're very welcome yeah I'm, I'm thrilled to have been here thank you so much for everything I so hope that you enjoyed listening to the messages today as much as I did. It was really cool for me to get to spend time with two very talented naturopathic doctors. We're just so grateful for Dr. Shannon Morgenstern's time, wisdom, and enthusiasm to share. One of the things that's really interesting to me is that if I were to look back on the messages that I have channeled from Spirit over time, I can really connect the dots through the messages that encourage taking better care of what and how we eat. I'm encouraged to eat organic, local, and especially grow my own food more and more. And if I look through my journals, that's something that I have written multiple times. I think it is such an important message for our time. We are at a place where we can no longer ignore mass farming practices. We are better and we have the knowledge and the ability to make changes that benefit each of us and the whole planet. How many of us get digestive and stomach upsets? How many of us have become less able to tolerate gluten or dairy? These things are not happening for no reason. It's kind of a wake up call for our planet to do better. It sounds really overwhelming. So for right now, just start where you are. If you are watering a plant that you have in your home, or maybe you're choosing to just grow a bit of basil on your windowsill, or maybe you're even gearing up for spring and gardening, it matters not. What matters is that you are contributing to something green on our planet and all of it helps. Do some research and find out if there are local farmers in your area what they grow and how they sell it and how you might purchase it from them. I love the statement from Dr. Shannon that if you don't have a profound connection to yourself, your environment and your food, you won't ever achieve optimal health. I think this is so true. I for one would like to have more optimal health and so one of the things that I will be doing this year is deepening my connection to my environment and my food. I really hope that you will join Tara and I on this journey and we'll be speaking about this on our Instagram page at walk together fiercely. Make sure to tag us on Instagram. Let us know what plants you have, what you're growing, or maybe even what you're planning. And I'll show you what I'm planning too. Thank you again, Dr. Shannon. We so appreciated this opportunity to speak with you and learn from your amazing wisdom. I'd love to invite you to join me for a breath of peace. Take a nice deep breath in and release your breath long and slow, allowing you to come into a more relaxed state of being. Just take a few moments and allow your breathing to slow down 
and become a little bit more deliberate. Notice the beating of your heart and feel the beautiful rhythm between your heartbeat and your breathing. Feel them becoming more synchronized as you take your attention to them. I want to invite you to engage your imagination. Imagine that you are walking outside, barefoot in the grass, on a beautiful sunny day. Feel the soft grass beneath your feet. Allow your toes to sink in a little bit deeper, maybe wiggling your toes to allow each of them to feel the softness of the grass beneath you. Find a beautiful spot and allow yourself to sink down and lay on your back in the grass right on the earth and feel its warmth greet you like an old friend. Feel the warmth of sun on your face. Let the earth just hold you in this space for a few moments. You will have memories of doing this as a child. Remember and reclaim that feeling of being free, being connected to the earth without any cares or worries or fears. You are so deserving of this. The earth is so happy to have you gently and joyfully upon her and she holds you with such love and contentment. Let this peace spread all through your being. And for just a moment, just breathe and let be. Take a nice deep cleansing breath. And until next time, only love and light from you and only love and light to you. We would love for you to join us on our podcast page on Instagram at Walk Together Fiercely. Here we can chat, have community, uh, ask questions, and lots of other extra information that you might not get on our podcast. For more information about us, you can find Dr. Tara on Instagram at Dr. Tara Drummond. For more information about me, Michelle, you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Morrison Medium. All other information about me is on my website, thebalancedsoul.com. This podcast is recorded by Michelle and Tara and is edited and arranged by Sammy Lucan. Any medical information provided is information only and is not to be used for diagnostic or treatment purposes. This information is not a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or for guidance and treatment of specific medical conditions.